Welcome to the More You Dig Podcast, Episode 1. Welcome to the More You Dig podcast, episode one. My name is Jordan McCandless. Today we're going to talk about a lifetime of minerals and metals. And what I mean by that is we're going to take a look at the amount of minerals, metals, and mine materials that each individual, on average, will use over their lifetimes. So, over their lifetime, each individual will, on average, use X amount of this metal, X amount of that metal, X amount of this mineral, etc., etc. So that's what we're going to take a look at today. We'll start by taking a look at a graphic from Twin Metals Minnesota and then a, another graphic from the Minerals Education Coalition, both of which I think show some surprising statistics on the amount of minerals that we use and both of which also paint a very interesting picture of not just the ways that we apply minerals and mine material in our lives, but also just the sheer amount that we use of various minerals, metals, and mined materials. So let's dive right in. To start with, the twin metals graphic, we'll start with copper. Copper is one of the most widely used metals available on the market today, and one of the most widely used metals that we mine, period, because Anything electric is bound to use copper. Copper is very conductive of electric current. It's very corrosion resistant, so it doesn't wear out quickly when it's used to conduct an electric current. And it's very plentiful and very cost effective. It doesn't, it doesn't cost a whole lot of money relative to other metals like gold, which we'll see in a little while. So copper is used in all sorts of electric items, particularly electric wiring but also electric devices like our tablets, smartphones, computers, etc. And over their lifetime, each individual person will on average use 935 pounds of copper. That's almost 1,000 pounds of just one single metal. That may sound impressive, but if we jump over and look at iron ore real quick, we'll see that it's actually quite small compared to some other mined materials because each individual on average uses 27,810 pounds of iron ore. Now iron ore is where we get steel from, so it's a key component for construction, for manufacturing, for anything that uses any kind of iron or any kind of steel, stainless steel, cutlery, kitchenwares, knives, axes, all examples of tools that use stainless steel, and those all use iron ore. And that's how we get that much iron ore that each individual will use. And if we take a look at titanium, a third metal, well, titanium is used more closely along the lines that we already see with copper. 837 pounds of titanium is the average that each individual uses over their lifetimes. And that's mostly used in an oxidized form. Titanium can be in a metal form, but it's mostly used in an oxidized form for things like white paint, pigments, varnishes, lacquers, plastics, paper, fabrics, and printing inks. But when titanium is used as a metal, it's widely used as part of the aerospace industry, 
because titanium metal has the advantage of being both lightweight and high strength, which is something that's very desirable when we're building airplanes. It can also be used with ships because titanium shares a property that I already mentioned with copper, but titanium is very corrosion resistant, and when you're looking at ships that are constantly moving through and sitting in salt water, you're going to need something that's going to resist corrosion from the salt, and titanium does an excellent job of that. So if we jump over to the Minerals Education Coalition graphic, we'll take a look at a couple more metals and mined materials, including some of my favorites, to start off with aggregate. When I say aggregate, what do I mean? What does he mean when he says aggregate? Well, when I say aggregate, I'm talking about stone, sand, gravel, the kind of rock materials that we have to mine. So cement, concrete, these all come and are made from aggregates. And so each individual over their lifetime will use an average of 1.2 million pounds of aggregate. And the reason why that is so high is just think of our interstate highway system. Think of the size and amount of roads that are in a town, of sidewalks, of, of gravel pathways, you know, the sand that we put in our sandboxes, or the sand that we use to fill up sandbags, the sand that we use on golf courses for sand traps. All of that has to be mined, and it's actually not uncommon for most major metropolitan areas to be near, if not have their own, aggregate mine because these materials are so widely and frequently used, especially in an urban setting. Then we have zinc. 521 pounds is the average use of each person for zinc. Zinc is often used to galvanize steel. Galvanize means strengthen, so zinc can help improve steel, make it stronger, and also protect it against corrosion and rust. And zinc is also a great way to protect against ultraviolet rays, which you guessed it, come from the sun. So when you're looking at sunscreen or anything that has a UPF rating or sunscreen-like qualities, zinc is a common item or a common material used in those products because it does such a great job protecting against UV rays. And then, now, now we get to one of my favorite metals, period, and that is gold. And of course, gold is commonly associated with currency and jewelry. It's widely used for both those things. It's been a standard of currency. It's been a material for jewelry for thousands of years. But in today's modern era, gold is also used for many other applications, including electronics. Now, I mentioned that copper has some very outstanding properties that lend itself to be used for electronics and electrical purposes. Gold also shares some of those qualities, and in some cases, one-ups copper. For instance, gold is a better conductor of electricity than copper. Gold is highly ductile, meaning you can stretch it and form it and shape it. In fact, you can stretch a piece of gold so much that it'll eventually become transparent, and it won't break. You can stretch a piece of gold so far that it will become transparent. That's how ductile gold is, and the advantage of having a material like that that's really conductive, very ductile, and like copper, very corrosion-resistant, is that when you're building integrated circuits for tablets, for smartphones, for laptops and other computers, that's the exact kind of material you need. And gold is a great material for that because it uses those properties and you don't need a whole lot of it. The reason why copper is more widely used than gold for electrical purposes is because it's low cost compared to gold. Gold is a very expensive metal and it's widely available. There's more copper than there is gold. And so the reason why the items that use gold, like tablets and smartphones, etc., 
aren't super sky high expensive is because the gold they use is a very, very small amount. And so gold is just one of those key metals that has a whole bunch of great uses. Every individual uses an average of about 60 grams of gold over their lifetime. 6,107 pounds of aluminum is used over each individual's lifetime. And that aluminum is used in the, in the form of beverage cans. You've got soda, you've got beer cans. Those are two common, commonly seen can types. You've got aluminum foil as an example. Obviously, you know, it's got aluminum in the title, so it's got to be using aluminum. And then we've also got aluminum, which is widely used in construction and also in transportation. In fact, the brand new 2015 Ford F-150 truck is going to feature an all-aluminum body and it'll be one of the first cars to sort of replace steel with aluminum as the primary material to build the body of the car with. And the reason for that is because it helps improve fuel efficiency because aluminum has the advantage of still being structurally sound. It maintains its structural integrity, but it's also much lighter than steel. So you get a structurally sound car that's much lighter than last year's car or a previous generation's car, which also maintain, you know, it helps to boost the fuel efficiency, which is a key goal of many manufacturers of vehicles these days. So let's stop for a moment and just recap real briefly. Every individual in their, over their lifetimes will on average use 935 pounds of copper, 27,810 pounds of iron ore, through which we get steel, 837 pounds of titanium, 1.2 million pounds of stone, sand, and gravel, and other aggregates, 521 pounds of zinc, about 60 grams of gold, and 6,107 pounds of aluminum. Now let's just pause for a moment right here and just think real briefly, what would happen if we lost access to these materials, or for instance, if they didn't exist at all, if we had no uh, gold, we had no copper, we had no titanium, no aluminum, no aggregate, no stone, sand, or gravel, or rocks to build or, or create roads with. What would happen if we couldn't make the smartphones, the tablets, and the laptops that we're so dependent on in our digital interconnected age? Well, I for one think that we'd be far worse off than we are today. We wouldn't be nearly as technologically advanced. In fact, we'd probably be still, I, I'd say maybe even in the Stone Age, or at least centuries, centuries, centuries behind where we are today. And that's because these metals, minerals, and other materials play such a key role in technological advancement. And obviously, these examples are only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to different minerals and metals that people use during their lifetimes, but it's a great way to frame the fact that, one, minerals are widely applied in a number of key ways to maintain our modern lifestyle, and two, we depend on a lot of minerals. We can't simply reduce the amount of minerals we consume. And in fact, the pace of technology and the advance of technology means we'll be consuming even more of these minerals and metals as we go along. So these are only the tip of the iceberg. Hopefully they give you a picture of just the kind of things we rely on these minerals and metals for, the kind of volume of minerals and metals we need to maintain our lifestyle. And if you want to find out more, there's plenty of ways to do that. We'll leave links to the Minerals Education Coalition graphic and the Twin Metals Minnesota graphic in our show notes, so you can take a look at those. You're always welcome to visit our website at www.themoreyoudig.com. We have plenty of resources there that can help you learn more about how minerals and metals 
and mining benefit us and help us maintain our everyday modern lifestyle. And so we'd invite you to, to visit those resources and learn some more. And that's our episode for today. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at The More You Dig. We're posting daily about the benefits of mining and how it helps us maintain our modern lifestyles. Always welcome to join the conversation on Twitter or Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already so you don't miss future episodes. And until next time, don't forget, the more you dig, it all starts with mining. See you next time, everyone. Thanks.